0: Welcome back to the Sports Countdown podcast with Declan Hughes and Peter Lynch. Um, happy New Year to everybody. Hope we all had a great 2021 and we're looking forward to 2022. We certainly are with our podcasts. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, before we get started with today's pod, we're just going to shout out Freelance Football who source paid football media roles, and they can be found on Twitter and LinkedIn. So, Peter, Happy New Year to yourself.
1: Thanks very much, mate. Happy New Year.
0: Good to be back. Um, so, we're back into it with the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Then we've had that little FA Cup break, but we discussed that there's some big fixtures coming up in the EPL this weekend. So, we're going to kind of dive into those in a second. And we know January is also the, the transfer windows open. So, we've had some confirmed and we've got some rumours that we want to discuss.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, we'll just kind of dive right into it then. Um Big games this weekend, as we said, we've got Man City in first and Chelsea in second. So, I mean, City are just flying right now. Yeah. Um, I think that's what depth is really showing in that busy month of December. Mm-hmm. Chelsea had a lot of COVID kind of issues as well. Yeah. They've kind of went off the boil a little bit, but what's your kind of thoughts on that game going into the weekend?
1: Yeah, you've absolutely covered it. Everything I needed to say. I mean, first v second, obviously City leading that one. um. But then you have, obviously, repeated the Champions League final last year, which Chelsea came out on top there. So it should be, you know, plenty plenty on, on show. But, you know, that said, the last three games between these two have ended 1-0. So not really expecting many goals, to be honest. Um, and City won 1-0 at Stamford Bridge earlier this season as well. So, you know, time for Chelsea to take revenge. But as you said... You know issues like COVID and injuries. Um, James and Chilwell both out for Chelsea. You know two absolutely massive misses. You have Mendy as well away on international duty at Afcon, which is which is huge. I know they played last night in the uh, the Carabao Cup and uh, Kepa wasn't totally convincing, should I say? And he often makes a mistake or two, so that could come into play. Um. But they do have Kante and Silva just came back from from their COVID isolation. So, I mean, that's a huge boost. Um, And then you you mentioned City. They only have Mahrez gone. You know, that's their only player out, I think, confirmed at the minute. Foden maybe had a knock. But other than that, massive advantage for them, I'd say. You know, their squad depth, you mentioned it. And then the form that they're in. I think it's seven wins in a row now in all competitions for City. They scored seven against Leeds. Remember that one they scored six against Leicester. Um and then of course they don't concede many goals, so um it'll be interesting to watch. But there's a there's a ten point gap now, at the top of the table. So I think if City win this one then it's goodbye to the league, to be honest.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems like they've just kinda of run away with it. And um in December with all the, the issues the other teams have had. Yeah. We mentioned Chelsea, um, Liverpool's also had their fair share of um COVID issues, so mm-hmm. City seem to have come out kind of unscathed, and they've took advantage from it. Uh, yeah, we've also got a North London derby at the weekend. We've got um, Arsenal versus versus Tottenham, mm-hmm. um, two clubs that have kind of fell away a little bit in, in recent years, but mm-hmm. there's been some promise, uh, especially from from Arsenal of late. Um, but again, it's kind of hot and cold. and yep. um, losing at the weekend. To Nottingham Forest in the, the FA Cup. What's your thoughts going into this game?
1: Um yeah, it's always a good game from what I can remember. The North London Derby there's always, you know, plenty of challenges flying in, there's always goals. So I mean, unlike City Chelsea, I think there's gonna be a few goals in this one. Um Arsenal won 3 1, last last game between these two. But as you say, it's just been so hot and cold, you know, so hit and miss. Um, you know, they were 1 0 up against City a few weeks ago and lost out in that one. It was a good performance. I think they're a bit unlucky with a few VAR, you know, decisions. But then, as you say, thrown out of the FA Cup by Forest, Um, so that's a bit worrying for them. And they also have they've also been affected by Africa Cup of Nations. So you have Partey, Pepe, El and Aubameyang are all gone. I know Aubameyang's not been playing lately, but still. Um, but then again, you know, they have the positives. You have uh, Saka and um, Smith Rowe. Probably two of their best players, you know, are on fine form going forward, Ramsdale and Nets. Um, so it's not all doom and gloom for Arsenal, I think. Um, But then you have Spurs, who have, I think have just been turned around under Conte. Um, They're unbeaten now in their last eight league games, I believe. Um, he's really turned things around and they're now just two points behind Arsenal, um, with actually two games in hand. So, pretty, pretty good stuff from them, but still, I mean... Harry Keane's not been at it. He's not been himself this season. I know you're not his biggest fan anyway, but I obviously I read him. I and mean, he scores goals, but he just hasn't been doing it. Um, the good thing was Son, you know, stepped up, but now Son's I think just picked up a knock and he's going to be out for a month. So that's a bit worrying there. So I mean, it's two sides as you say. You know, it could go either way just because of they can't really find a bit of form.
0: Yeah, I mean, I watched both of these teams at the FA Cup of the weekend and I know um the Tottenham team especially was rotated for against the uh, Morecambe but
1: mm-hmm.
0: still um they didn't they didn't win that time until they had to bring Son and um Harry Kane and, and Lucas came on. So yeah. um that's obviously kinda of a big concern that Son's gone, so now you've only really got Kane and Lucas Mora that are like threats for them going mm-hmm. forward. Absolutely. So, um, a big concern for them uh, I think Arsenal have been playing pretty well um, overall that, again it's just so hot and cold you just never know if they're going to turn up or not yeah. probably the same for Tottenham as well obviously get knocked out of the, the conference I know the last game got it was like a default win but mm-hmm. still wasn't good enough for you know Premier League apparently not the best league in the world but you can't yeah. get a, a conference group is is not great so um,
1: you might have yeah, done that on it, purpose though you never know Spurs you
0: never know but then mm. um, probably for another pod but then the younger guys should be like hungry and they should have good enough quality there yeah. to like impress so you can look at it kind of both ways but yeah mm-hmm. I kind of agree spot on but um, we'll also kind of touch on one more big game um, kind of at the weekend there'll be um, Aston Villa are playing Man United KG mm-hmm. uh, again obviously Liverpool legend uh, going up against Man U they obviously did it on Monday night as well in the, the FA Cup um, Manu just won 1-0 so it was a close game but Villa we'll talk about Villa later as well they've obviously yeah. made a big impact already in the the transfer market so mm-hmm. um, Gerard obviously kind of getting things put together for him so how do you see this one going do you think it will be different from the the cup game on Monday?
1: Yeah I think obviously just because it's a cup it's a different sort of atmosphere but I mean both, both teams went for it on Monday night and you know bad for United because Villa absolutely dominated. You know, they were all over them. They could have scored three or four goals for sure. But at the end of the day United came out on top. Um and now Jared's obviously strengthened, as you said. So I think there'll be a few new faces in there. Um I don't know, as for United, you know, under Ragnik was doing a bit of research, um, he's 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 got four wins now at United. Uh, but three of those have been one 0 wins. So, you know, not entirely convincing. Um, They've lost to Wolves at home. They drew with Newcastle. Um, But at the end of the day, they are climbing the table. And I'd say that's probably all that matters right now at United. I'd say if you spoke to a few fans, you know, they would take the points and not play well compared to, you know, playing well and not getting any points. So, that'll definitely be an interesting one to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean... I don't know, with Man U, it's like, we know Ralph Rannick isn't the long-term solution. He's probably going to be moving into, like, a director, a coach and a director of performance kind of role after yeah. the, the season's up. So, I guess he's just there to kind of steady the ship. Mm-hmm. So, again, steadying the ship would be getting Man U wins, no matter how they do it, and climbing the table as high as possible. But, again, for another pod, we could talk all day on Man U, like, just kind of the attitude of, like, the, players, it doesn't seem like seems like whoever doesn't matter who comes in at this point in Man United, I think it needs to kind of be a clear out of some of the players that are that just seem to think that they run the, the club. Yeah. A club for Man United that's not the case. So we'll okay, be interested to see who does come in there eventually um and what they do to To the club, like if they got rid of, if if Pogba goes, I'm sure we'll talk about him in a minute, Mm -hmm. but they might get rid of a couple of those players that are maybe holding the club back. So, definitely going to be interesting the next few months to see kind of how that all turns out for Ranjuk. But yeah, it's Mm -hmm. a big game for them at the weekend against Aston Villa. So, we'll kind of see how that goes, as you said.
1: Yep, 100%. Um, So, you just mentioned it there, then we'll have to move on from the games onto the transfer window. Obviously, United players like Pogba, a lot of rumours floating about there, but First and foremost, we'll have to talk about some Dundies. Um It's obviously middle of January now, so there's been plenty of stuff that's happened already, and I'm sure plenty will happen in the coming weeks. But, you know, is there any... I'm sure there are, but are there any big moves that have, you know, jumped out at you so far?
0: Um, I mean, I think um, Aston Villa getting is it's, it's kind of risk-reward, I think, right now. Mm. Um Coutinho, since he went to Barcelona's not really has kind of stalled his career the last two two and a half years that since he's been there. So yeah. if you're getting that kind of player with that kind of attitude, then it might not work. But if you're getting the guy that played unbelievable for two three seasons at Liverpool, mm-hmm. then it could be an absolute steal. You know, I, I like that it's a loan deal with the option to buy at the end of the season. So again, it's like. Is Villa have got nothing to lose in this. Yep. You know, they either could bring him in; he does phenomenally well, and then they've got that option to buy the clause. I think it's forty-five million. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of money for us. It'll be thirty at the time, but if you get the player that we know Coutinho can be, mm-hmm. then that's worth the money. Um, yeah, I'm sure he'll be excited to to be playing under Stephen Gerrard, who was obviously his captain at Liverpool for mm-hmm. for a while there as well. So that's obviously. Gerard going to Villa is obviously going to attract a lot of interest and in players and there's obviously no way Coutinho would be going to Villa if it wasn't for for Gerard. But yeah, interesting. Probably the one that um, is like exciting for in the Premier League right now. Just mm-hmm. been intrigued to see if he can get back to that level. We know he can do, or if it will just kind of be one I kind of forget, so it's definitely
1: an interesting one. Yeah, 100%, I'm like really, really excited to see what he can do, um, they do have a lot of attackers in there, but I mean, surely a, a player like Coutinho starts for Aston Villa, no, no disrespect, but I mean, it's Coutinho at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, I mean, they talked, like, when he was his best at, at Liverpool, there's a lot of pace kind of going forward, mm-hmm. from the front, the front three, and he was just kind of sitting back in the ten, Yeah, and... There's a lot of similarities between that Liverpool team and the Aston Villa team. There's a lot of pace, mm-hmm. especially in their wide play. So you're hoping that maybe they'll kind of drag, drag defenders out of position, maybe midfielders out of position, and it can give Coutinho time and space to kind of dictate um, in the final third. So if that happens, then it's definitely a very, very exciting transfer.
1: Yep, 100%. Absolutely.
0: Any others that you've kind of saw that, that stand out?
1: Um, yeah, I mean just I think it was just confirmed today, Luca Dean's obviously gone to Villa as well. Um you know, he's kind of faded away at Everton. I think he had a problem with Benitez there, which certainly isn't the first time Benitez has had a problem with the player. Um but yeah, I think you mentioned it. I think Gerard is just, you know, bringing in quality players. You know, he has that appeal to players they want to play underneath him and they can see that, you know, there's something happening at Villa that's exciting. Um what I would say is that he's in for a shock if he goes to Liverpool someday, Stevie G, because he's not going to have money to, th- to throw at players like, because it's just not available at Liverpool for some reason. We just don't like to spend, so maybe he's getting the spending out of the way early. But yeah, he's, and he's he's already said that he wants more players, so um, we'll talk about rumours in a bit. But I mean, he, with those two signings, he's, they're having a really strong window already, and it's only the middle of January, so it'll probably even get better for them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um so, Dinyah kind of going out. Um, what about Everton? I've also signed a couple of fullbacks in this window. How do you kind of rate rate those two?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, Mikalenko's coming in from Kiev. I think he's replacing Dinyah. So, um, obviously played in the in the Euros. There had a good tournament. You know, strong going forward. But I think the main one that people are excited about is Nathan Patterson on the right. Um, you're probably not as biggest fan as a Celtic man, but. You know, he, he impressed the Rangers. He didn't he didn't really play that much, to be honest. But I think just because James Tavernier was in there, obviously the captain, you're not going to get starting ahead of him. But when he did play, um, he did well. And you know, it's going to be a similar situation because he's actually coming in at right back, where you know Seamus Coleman's playing, and he's Everton captain at the minute. So, but I think he's kind of it's a long term one because Patterson's obviously still young, and then. You know he, he's 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 been impressive for club, and then obviously you have to mention Scotland because he came in, I don't know, maybe a year or two ago at most, and he's already cemented that right back spot. And obviously you know him really well, having watched Scotland in the Euros and qualifying and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, he he kind of struggled to get in at Scotland for a bit there. I mm. think Clark stuck with, with Stephen O'Donnell for yeah. for a long time, but I think Partisans now kind of cementing the, the right back spot for Scotland which is good to see from a Scottish perspective since mm-hmm. he's only 20 years old you know he's has got 10-15 years you could be looking as being our number one at yep. uh, right back and he plays with plays with it's like fearlessness he doesn't seem like intimidated to play he plays quite freely I think mm-hmm. um, always kind of looking to go forward and um, to get a ball into the box create chances so I think offensively, he's he's really it's really positive and really good to have a player like that in there. Yeah, um, kind of reminds me of uh, like Kieran Tierney when he broke through at Celtic, just that fearlessness of going out and just playing his game.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I know there'll be like a debate between Rangers and Celtic fans on who's got a bit of potential between yeah. Patterson and Tierney. Of course, um, obviously I I want to keep uh, Kieran Tierney there, <laughs> obviously, but. Um, there's, there's similarities there. I think he does need to work on his defensive work a little bit. Um, not 100% sure on him defensively because mm-hmm. he plays so high up the field. I think he needs to kind of learn that you can't just go charging forward at all times. So you need to make sure that there's a bit of... A bit of what's the word I'm looking for here? A
1: bit of calm, calmness or something about him. <laughs> not- <laughs> like,
0: yeah, whatever. He, he just can't, he needs to learn to... Like a discipline.
1: A bit of discipline.
0: That's, that's, the, that's the one. Yeah, discipline. Yeah. I he needs that, but um. Well. Potential, that's what you're saying that Everton have signed them for, but yeah, as you're really saying, like game time, but like this season has not been. He's not played a lot of football, so mm-hmm. I don't think he'll just walk into the Everton team. As you're saying, Coleman's there, so yeah, will probably take take a few months, maybe, maybe even just. The rest of the season, he'll just could be getting his um, his feet wet at the club, but mm-hmm. long term, I think it'll be a it could be a good signing for, for Everton.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I have to mention then our our good friend Callum Keys, who we had on the podcast before, big Rangers man, um, and he's actually said out loud, I saw, I saw uh, that I uh, Patterson's going to be better than Tierney and Robertson." So. That's so that's why that's why he's that's why
0: he's, not, that's why he's not been on the pod uh, since <laughs> statements like that. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 you never know, but
1: I mean, see like, what Robertson is, I mean, has done.
0: Robertson it took Robertson a long time to kind of break through, and I remember seeing him at Dundee United, and you knew there was a player there. And yeah. He went to Hull, and then he just went to Liverpool. But I don't. Th- I'm not trying to be really biased with it, but when Tierney broke through, when he was like, like 18, 19 he was phenomenal already, mm-hmm. you know, he's the spot. Celtic had, as a Gary, I know he wasn't playing fantastically at the time, but he was the PFA player of the year in his first season at Celtic before he got hurt and he was phenomenal mm-hmm. and then he just kind of shunned Izzagiri out. So, again, obviously I'm a Celtic supporter so I'm obviously going to say Tierney's better, but yeah. I think if you look at it in their careers so far, at the age level where um, Parson's at to where Tierney was at at 20, I think you would say Easily,
1: kid had a Better start, better potential. Work. Yeah, That's yeah. My it's a debate for another time, maybe. Um, but yeah, good one for them. Also, I think we need to mention another signing that just took place there, and uh, Chris Wood to Newcastle. Aye, sure. geez. I know we didn't even talk about this. It
0: just kind of popped to the blue
1: Yeah, um, I don't think anyone saw it. <laughs> to be honest,
0: um, I, 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 I. What's I, your thoughts? just kind of. I don't understand that. They've got so much money, Newcastle, and you sign James James Wood. I mean, Chris, look, sorry, Chris, Chris Wood. Sorry, said, yeah. Chris Wood. But um, don't get me wrong, like he's, he can be prolific. Like, he's good in the air and stuff. But mm-hmm.
1: they've
0: got money like that. Um, I mean, when Man City got money, at least they signed Robinho kind of, <laughs> as their first of big signing. And Newcastle have plucked for Chris Wood. So if they get relegated, then it's almost fully, de- fully deserved. <laughs> um, That's hard. It could, it could, it could go well. Yeah,
1: like,
0: but it's just it's a weird, it's a weird signing.
1: I'm going on record to defend the man. I'm, I'm saying it's a good transfer, and I've been wrong before. But I just I actually for wrote an article. for
0: 25 million though for a 30 year old.
1: I know, I know, but in Newcastle situation, it's. I mean, you're not going to sign a Rubinho like player when you're sitting 19th in the league, are you? Like, I just can't well, see that well, happening.
0: When he talks, but. I know, you know but I know, and don't get me wrong. Obviously, like um, the EU kind of thing, like bringing a player in from Europe is not as easy as it, it once was. Yeah. now. So, obviously, that takes a bit of time. So you would try to sign players from that are in England already. Mm-hmm. But I know. I think there's better, there's better strikers who are playing in England that would have been willing to go to Newcastle. Than, yeah.
1: Um, like, I guess they part. just they needed someone, you know, someone sort of reliable, someone with experience just because they don't have anyone there now, because Wilson's injured, obviously, for a long time. Um, St Maximan's not, you know, he's not a striker. Joel Linton's been playing midfield. So I feel like they've just gone for, I don't know, not a safe option, but I mean, they just looked and thought, you know, he was the man. I don't know who decided that, but I just think, yeah, you mentioned his aerial presence. So I actually looked at looked it up and he's, he actually has the most um, aerial battles won in the premier league this season so and i think it's going to help you know in the, i think it's going to help defensively as well to be honest because you see strikers defending the box as well but it's obviously not why they brought him in
0: um it just doesn't it doesn't ring of an, an eddie Howe kind of player though yeah, does
1: it no but i mean there was
0: i guess it's just like needs must now at newcastle it's just yeah. about safety so maybe eddie Howe's going to give up and some of his like ideologies and beliefs, and just try and keep them up this season. Yeah. And then hopefully, you're in the Premier League next year, and then you can get back to it. But um, obviously, it's a short term fix, but it's a lot of money. But that's just the uh, that's modern day football, that's English football. It's yeah. that much for a 30 year old. But
1: well, I have to what... get your take then, just because I saw quickly somebody, a few people saying that they've taken him because it's just taking away Burnley's, you know, best threat. You know what I mean? So, now Burnley don't have their leading, leading striker. He scored three goals this season, but he's still their top goal scorer for a striker. So, I don't know if you're just looking at relegating someone else, <laughs> taking their best <laughs> player. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, that could be like a masterstroke tactic. It's just to um, yeah. take all the best players off the, the teams that are roundabout in the, yeah. the relegation. So, maybe it's a genius move. So, I know. Yeah. We'll I see. We'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, yeah. Really quickly, let's touch on some some rumours mm-hmm. um, coming up. Yeah, we mentioned them, or you mentioned them earlier. Um, Aubameyang obviously is away at the African Cup of Nations, but yeah. um, stripped of his Arsenal captaincy for disciplinary issues seems to be a big issue. At Arsenal trying mm-hmm. to find a permanent captain, but what do you think the the future holds for Aubameyang? Do you think he'll go, and then who do you think his replacement could be at Arsenal?
1: Yeah, I think he's gone. I, I can't see a way back for him to be honest. Like whenever you're sort of shunned out from the club, whenever you're captain, it's kind of a big downfall. I know Xhaka came back, but Aubameyang just seems kind of unpredictable at times. Um and he hasn't really been banging in the goals to be honest lately, so I'm not sure how much they would miss him especially with the young players scoring goals. Um I think Barcelona have been keen on him and Aubameyang. Um, but I think Arsenal have to bring in a striker. They've been needing one for a while because Lacazette could be on the move as well. Um, so I think their number one target is Fiorentina striker Vlahovic. Um, he's got 16 Serie A goals this season. You know, top scorer there in Italy. Contract is up this summer. Um, so that's definitely one to keep an eye on. But the problem is, is that there's about 10 clubs that are after him. Um, Juventus as well. And it's it's always hard to turn down, you know, like the sort of one of the leading clubs in your own league. But, you know, maybe once I go in England, we'll see what happens. Um, Canadian as well, Jonathan David, he's at Lille. He's scoring a few goals in the Champions League this season. I think he's in double figures for Ligue 1. So, that's another one to keep an eye on for Arsenal, definitely.
0: Yeah. Um, just really quickly, there's also some players that are kind of out of contract in the summer. Mm-hmm. Um, just maybe give your thoughts if you think they'll stay at their club or if you think they'll they'll move on. So, I've gained again too. We'll just—I'll give you like a yes or no then. Yep. Does Paul Pogba Man
1: U? Nah, I think he's gone. I think he's been gone for a while now, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's injured at the minute. He's missed twelve games, I think. But I don't know. I still think he can do a job at United, but it's just—I don't know. He's one of those players that you mentioned earlier. I think you know their heart has to be in it if you're at Man United, and some players think they're bigger than the club. So, and I think if Real Madrid or Juventus or PSG come knocking, he's gonna go.
0: He's gone. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Um, yeah.
1: One more um, Rüdiger at Chelsea. Is mm-hmm. he on the sequel? I think Chelsea are be stupid to let him go. He's he's the best defender. He's been a monster this season, and again, a lot of big clubs linked with him. Bayern Munich as well would be hard to turn down. But I just think Chelsea. He's been key to Chelsea this season. Obviously, Thiago Silva has been good as well. He's been immense. The two of them have been great together. So I think I think Chelsea'll have enough to keep him definitely. I think it's just all talk at the minute, to be honest.
0: Yeah. Um I think like Bayern Munich are kind of sniffing about there. Mm-hmm. So just never know. But yeah, he's been fantastic this season. Probably a contender for um player of the year. Yeah. Possibly. Mm-hmm. The way he's been playing. So um we'll go to our top three segment then, Pete, first of the year. Yep. A big one. Um obviously January you have had some crazy and great uh, transfer signings. In this month, mm-hmm. so what we're going to do is we're going to do our top three favorite um, January transfers. Not the top three of all time, so this one's obviously going to be a very personal list for for both of us. So um, no hating in the the comments because I've got some <laughs> that probably won't people won't agree with. But we'll go with you first, Pete. We'll go three, two, one. Yeah. And can give you a first.
1: Okay, number three. I mean. I did try and not be too biased towards Liverpool, to be honest. So, But number three is Luis Suarez. I mean, just needs no introduction. You know, just score goals for fun. And, you know, I think it was like 40 million we spent on him. So, I mean, in this day and age, I know it was a couple of years, like, what was it, 10 years ago or something, but still um, worth every penny, obviously. And that Sturridge, Sterling and Suarez, that front three would just be unbelievable. It was, and he came in for Torres as well, you know, wasn't an easy task, but he absolutely nailed it. So he's my number three. How about you?
0: with Andy Carroll as well, didn't he? I think he's he my number three. It's Andy Carroll <laughs> from Newcastle. <laughs> <Are you laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, uh, Mines is also a Liverpool player. Uh, Mines was um, Virgil van Dyke from Southampton to Liverpool. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and most expensive defender at the time. Yeah. Um, worth every penny, I think as well. Obviously, seeing him at Celtic, he kind of knew that he had the potential to go to the top. Went to Southampton first, proved that he could play in the Premier League, and then moved on to to Liverpool. But he's really just transformed that Liverpool defence. Him and Allison that season just made a hell of a lot of difference to to that team and turned them from like contenders or almost an almost team that could win. Yeah, used to. Champions League winners, um, Premier League winners, and then he also got the PFA Player of the Year that season as well. So mm-hmm. Van Dyke, a great a great signing, great January signing for, for Liverpool.
1: Yep, absolutely. Um, I might mention Van Dyke a bit later in mind, you never know.
0: Yep, I you might.
1: <laughs> um, but I had to mention, so my number two, I've gone for, I have to be fair, and go for Nemanja Vidic at Man United. Um, I think he was like twelve million or something, which is just, you know, silly, you know, the more you think about it. Five league titles, a Champions League, you know, him and Ferdinand were unstoppable at times. You know, he just came out of nowhere. Um and then you you know, he became a United legend. Um yeah. but I have to mention that Torres took the mic out of him every single time we played him, but you know, he was still still one of the best defenders to ever do it. So yeah, he's my number two. Yeah.
0: Next one. My number two. Um, we're just kind of looking up some some uh, players that have signed in January and this one just kind of stood out as mm-hmm. someone that might go under the radar a little bit was um Clint Dempsey nice. signed from New England Revolution for Fulham yes. for two for, for two million. Wow. And um, I just think when you look at that, I think that's a, a steal for, mm-hmm. for any team. No, Fulham not a a side that was going to score a lot of goals and struggled a lot in his time there, but he did manage 60 goals in total for for Fulham. Yeah, and he's kind of cemented himself in like folklore for, for Fulham. Um, I think I thought he scored the the goal against Liverpool to keep them in the Premier League, mm-hmm. so it's a huge goal. And he was also part of the 2010 Europa League.
1: Yep, I remember it
0: well. You know, um, he scored one in the Last sixteen, and they knocked out Juventus. He scored in that game as Court well. So that was a
1: chip. That was cra- unbelievable.
0: It's crazy to think about that that actually happened. That Fulham went to a final, <laughs> but um, yeah, knocking out UV, like just madness. But he was such a consistent player for for Fulham, and I yeah. think paying two million for him over his um, like six seven year spell at Fulham, I think that's a that's a real bargain January signing for me. So he mm-hmm. was my number two.
1: Nice, nice. Well, bef- I was just gonna say before I get on to my number one, I must ask you if you know another player who's actually scored a Europa League goal, who we talked about in this podcast earlier.
0: A Europa League goal. Yep. Coutinho.
1: No, well, he scored a few, but sc- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Someone you wouldn't think.
0: We wouldn't think that we've mentioned already. We
1: mentioned a lot, yeah. Just signed for a for a club in the transfer window. Who you don't rate at all. Harry (laughs) Kane? Chris Wood. Chris Wood.
0: Chris Wood, really? Yeah, Um, scored
1: for Birmingham City against Bruges on a loan spell about 10 years ago. So there you go. Mm. fun, fun start. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But on the more important matters, my number one, you mentioned him before, Van Dijk. Just, I mean, you nailed it. Just everything about him. He's just transformed Liverpool at the back and he's just a joy to watch and he's just so composed so confident um, and he just makes all those players around him you know Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold I think they've improved so much just by having him there so don't care what the price tag was you know he cut, it's worth every single penny that man so he's my number one absolutely a
0: lot of love for a big fortune
1: absolutely yeah.
0: um, my number one is obviously very Very personal. So um, my number one January signing was um, Robbie Keane on loan from (laughs) Spurs to Celtic in 2010. Um, A a bad season uh, for us. uh, Surrendered the the league title again. Mm -hmm. Uh, Didn't win anything that season with Robbie, but um, it was my first half-season ticket at Celtic. So um, my first time going to Celtic Park and getting to see... That calibre of player, you know, a, an established Premier League player come up and play in Scotland mm-hmm. is peak. You know, there's been a lot of players that have come up here, up to Scotland and not cut it and they've been regulars down in England's top flight, but he just proved what a class above he was. Um, just his intelligence, his movement, and his finishing, it was just a class above anything that we had at the time and a really, really tough season for us. Um, Tony Mowbray got fired. Um, I think in February, um, and basically Robbie Keane probably cemented um, Neil Lennon's decision for Neil Lennon to get the, ma- uh, the manager's mm. position full-time. Yeah. He was obviously in as caretaker at the time, and I think Robbie Keane played a huge part in, um, in keeping Neil Lennon on, and I think back home I've still got the, that jersey, Nice, Robbie Keane living on the back of it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he was just he was just a phenomenal player, and to see, to see that kind of caliber on the team was just fantastic. So, Robbie Keane for that short spell that he was at Celtic was, um, it just kind of and it made my I guess my season ticket worthwhile just getting to see that caliber of player. So, 100%. Robbie Keane number
1: one. Yep, legend. Sadly, he didn't cut it at Liverpool. Just for whatever reason, didn't work out. But I mean, absolute legend of the game. So great to hear yep. so seems like a perfect place to leave it then i'm sure we could talk about this all day as we say but and there's plenty of transfers going on there's probably one happening right now but hopefully we've captured most of them um but thanks as ever for the insight Declan. yeah thank you mate much appreciated. and thanks to, to everyone who's tuning in and um, just be sure to give us a follow on social media if you haven't done so already Um, If you're enjoying our content, and we'll be back uh, with another episode as soon as possible.